With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Here on Stolen Lives, we discuss brutal and heartbreaking crimes against children. Themes may include child murder, torture, and sexual, domestic, and child abuse. I do try my best to remain respectful for the babies in these stories and leave out unnecessary details that, honestly, none of us need to know to understand the frustration of why and how this ever happened. However, if you find any of these themes triggering, this podcast may not be for you. Listener discretion is advised. This week's story is a listener suggestion. Thank you to Anna for bringing Christine's story to my attention. Anna is actually a dear friend who I used to work with and chatting all things true crime with her got me through some pretty toxic work days. So when Anna suggested Christine's story, I owed her to cover this. Not only that, but this is a story that you may have never heard before and never will again. And just a side note, this story also comes to us from the Philippines. And if you read the reviews for this podcast, you will know that sometimes I butcher even simple English. So I will apologise ahead of time for my mispronunciation today. March 2019, Lapu-Lapu City, Philippines. A teenage girl's body is found in the middle of a vacant lot. She is half naked, body burnt with acid, and her face skinned to the bone. Multiple men are suspected in her murder, a murder that was initially believed to be a cult sacrifice due to the extreme violence involved. Then there is a confession and an arrest, only for this suspect to be found dead in his cell, a death that many believe was not a suicide. Sadly, this means this girl's parents will never see justice for their beautiful 16-year-old daughter. This is Christine's story. Sunday, March 10th, 2019, 4pm. 16-year-old Christine Selawan said goodbye to her mother, Lourdes, to walk the short trip to the Sacred Heart Parish in Pajak, Philippines. Here, she would volunteer every Sunday as a church donation collector. Eyewitnesses would later report seeing Christine leaving the church and walking away with three men. This would be the last time the teen would ever be seen alive. She would not return home as she always would by 7pm without fail, just as she had every Sunday before this. Something Lourdes knew immediately was wrong as this was out of character for her normally mature and responsible daughter. Lourdes was so worried about her daughter that she contacted the Philippines National Police to report Christine missing. A search for the missing teen started immediately, and it would be in the early morning hours of the next day, March 11th, 2019, police would make a horrific discovery. Horrific beyond comprehension. March 11th, 2019, on what would have been Christine's 17th birthday. A body was found in the middle of a two-hectare vacant lot in the residential area of Luquilla. Christine was found naked from the waist down and horrifically mutilated. She had several stab wounds to her upper body. Her face had been skinned to the bone, revealing half her skull. 
but not only was she missing skin, also missing was Christine's tongue, trachea, esophagus, part of her neck, some hair and her right ear. Now obviously there was public outrage. The residents of the small community were understandably terrified. Who would commit such a brutal crime? The local police had the backing of the government at the time. All resources were to go into finding those who were responsible. President Duterte ordered a manhunt for the killer or killers, the bounty reaching 2 million pesos, or around 36,000 US dollars, or around 55,000 Australian dollars. This is insane money for what is essentially a third world country. Other than that, presidential assistant Michael Dino handed a 20,000 peso cash assistance grant for Christine's family. But the longer police talked to make an arrest, the more outlandish the rumours would be. That Christine was a victim of a cult, a human sacrifice. And while police did consider this, it was a violent crime with missing organs. However, there simply wasn't anything to support this theory. The medical examiner believed acid was poured onto Christine's face while she was still alive. That she was sexually assaulted due to blood found inside her genitals. At some point during the attack, she was also strangled with a rope. However, Christine's cause of death was determined to be due to a stab wound to the neck that severed a major artery, believed to be stabbed by a pair of scissors. Time of death was sometime between 6 and 7pm the day Christine went missing, right around the time her mother expected her home. Investigators quickly got some leads. There was male DNA found on the scissors and surveillance footage showed Christine only hours before her murder walking away with three men. At first, police suspected Christine's ex-boyfriend to be one of these men, a 17-year-old teen known only as John. He became the primary suspect because Christine broke up with him only days before she was murdered. And this is when we first hear of the fake social media theory police would use several times during this investigation that John's jealousy of Christine flirting with other boys led him to create a fake Facebook account to lure his former girlfriend to her death. This theory was supported when allegedly it was uncovered forensically from John's phone that he deleted suspicious messages. Police arrived at his home and arrested him. From day one, John's mother was his biggest advocate. She stood by her son's side. She said that if he was guilty for murdering Christine, he would have went into hiding, but he didn't that it didn't make sense to her that he would open the door to the police and willingly accept the warrant for his arrest. The case against John would quickly fall apart. John was playing basketball with friends until around 6.30pm. Then he went to a food truck where it was confirmed John was sold some food at 7pm, before heading home, where his mother signed a witness statement that her son was home helping her with household chores for the remainder of the evening. So given Christine was murdered between 6 and 7pm, Unless all the witnesses are lying, John could not have been responsible. Police then received a tip one of the men in the surveillance footage was a man named Jonas Martel Bueno, and he was known to police. He had just been arrested for another murder, the murder of a 62-year-old farmer in Dando City. Now at the time, he obviously denied involvement in Christine's murder, but police really pressed the point, because the style and the killing in the farmer's murder was strikingly similar to that of Christine's. But despite the police suspicions, the DNA found on Christine was proven not to be a match to Bueno. And then it was revealed Christine had started an online relationship with 43-year-old Renato Linus for a period of four to six months. This was the reason her and John broke up. Christine believed she was in love with Linus. 
because she didn't know he was 42 years old, Christine believed Linus to be a teen like her. April 9th, 2019. Police held a press conference to announce they had made an arrest, that Linus had made a, quote, extrajudicial confession, unquote, for the murder of Christine Silouan. Despite the alleged confession, Linus would enter a plea of not guilty for first-degree murder. In his confession, Linus claimed his crime was inspired by the Momo Internet Challenge. Now, for those like me who aren't savvy with internet lore, urban TikTok legends, but the Momo Challenge was really a suicide challenge. It was an online game that encouraged people to take their own lives. With a very creepy photo attached and that's Momo. But as memes and internet challenges like these go, thankfully it disappeared into the dark corners of the web. But then in 2019, there was somewhat of a resurgence. A rebrand of sorts. And no longer was this limited to people harming themselves but each other. There was this encouragement to violently murder people, especially vulnerable people like children or those with intellectual or mental disorders. On the afternoon Christine died, Linus messaged her on Facebook asking to meet in person. Linus took a bunch of drugs and admitted he was high when he went to meet Christine, that she was not happy he was a man more than double in age what he claimed he was. She even lied and said she still had a boyfriend. This enraged the drug-affected Linus. He allegedly admitted in his confession he used a pair of scissors he bought on the way to meet Christine to stab her more than 30 times on different parts of her body. That he used the same pair of scissors to skin her face, to prevent the teen from being identified. And Linus would tell police he learned how to do all of this through videos he watched on YouTube. This confession shocked everyone in the small community to their core. And due to the brutality of the crime, there was a lot of political pressure to reinstate the death penalty. May 24, 2020. Renato Linus was found dead in his jail cell at the Lapu Lapu Jail. He had allegedly suicide by hanging. Now, I'm saying a lot of allegedly here because reading between the lines in the few contemporary news articles I can find on this story, there seems to be some doubt here on Linus' confession, if he actually did confess. And then Linus's death comes into question too. There is some suggestion there was or still is some corruption in the police force in the Philippines that maybe Linus was murdered to bring some confidence back within the community towards the police. Because if he never goes to trial, then the suspect confession and the lack of evidence putting Linus at the scene of the crime could never be brought into question. Unfortunately for Christine's family, though, they never really got any answers or closure into why their beautiful daughter died that evening. Now, I did morally go back and forth whether to cover this story this week, because of the cultural implications. Due to the graphic and brutal nature of this crime and cultural beliefs, the authorities at the time did ask the public not to look for Christine's name on the internet. The reason I did decide to talk about this story is because, mainly why I cover all the stories I do on this podcast, because Christine was a person with a bright future in front of her, and this was stolen from her in the worst way possible. She deserves not to be forgotten. Secondly, I do question if there was some ulterior motive behind the authorities to request the public to not look into Christine's murder themselves, because then questions would be asked and the investigation would be put under the microscope, and if there is corruption here, they obviously wouldn't want attention brought to that. 
But finally, I decided to discuss Christine's story because there are graphic photos out there of the crime scene and people will look up this story. And she is more than the girl who was skinned and burnt with acid. She was a beautiful and caring young woman with her whole future ahead of her. And that is how she deserves to be remembered. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook, like the page so you don't miss an episode, and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice. And subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Music.